Welcome to Northern Night Story Exchange. Today's story will be one of my own making. In this story, a remote village has called upon its leaders to defend them from a foreign threat. My village rarely saw visitors. We lived in a remote part of the southern mountains, in a province that was ever so far from the imperial capital in Odessa. We had only a few hundred residents, growing crops along the more gentle slopes. In the old days, this village had been a military encampment, a fortress to defend against our southern neighbors, populated by soldiers and workers, building the defenses that would keep our enemies contained to their own lands. We were the bulwark that protected the whole vast country that stretched out to the north. I glanced towards the old castle, a small but still imposing stone structure that rose from the side of a nearby mountain. Homes and fields had grown out around it, filling the space that had once been used for defense. In recent days, our lords in the north had drawn further inward, preparing for the civil war they all knew would come. Our lands had been left undefended, the ancient fortress of our village left empty. Our southern neighbor had been taking advantage as of late, probing the weakness of our borders for opportunities. As of a month ago, foreign soldiers had entered our village, occupying the castle and seizing the fruits of our fall harvest. We had called for help, my son traveling during the night immediately following the arrival of our enemies. Now, it seemed that our call had been answered. Far in the distance, I could see a rider on horseback, quickly moving towards the village. Their shadow was long in the light of the setting sun. They wore the white robes of a priest of the Order of St. Cyrilla, and the metal circlet of a royal knight. Their face was obscured, a thin white cloth extending from the top of their head all the way down to their chest, seemingly merging with the flowing robes they wore. There were perhaps twenty-five soldiers occupying the village, but despite the numerical disparity, I was certain that our new guest would be able to overcome them. The crown would not give someone the status of a royal knight if they were not able to overcome substantial odds. Nor would the Order of St. Cyrilla accept a member who could not fight with supernatural strength. I saddled a horse and rode out to meet our guest. Hopefully, before the occupying soldiers would have time to get a good look at them and notice the significance of their dress. As I approached, I gestured to the right, indicating a patch of trees where we could speak, hidden from the watchful eyes of our enemies. The rider entered first, and I followed. I dismounted and bowed. You come from the glass palace, by order of the crown. I was surprised to hear a cool, feminine voice answer me. I do. She bowed to me as well, although not nearly as low as I had to her. Anastasia Victoria, at your service. I thanked her and explained our circumstance. 
the ancient castle that had once guarded our village was occupied. And it appeared that she would be tasked with liberating it. I feared for her. She must have been capable of great feats. But fighting twenty-five men was perhaps beyond her abilities. She listened patiently to what I told her, seeming unconcerned by the fact that she was so outnumbered, and that she would face her enemies alone. None of the villagers had weapons with which to aid her. When I had finished speaking, she bowed her head for a moment in prayer, and then spoke to me, addressing me with my formal title as the local village noble. I thank you, Uprosi. At that moment, she mounted her horse and raced towards the village. By now, the sun had set, and within half a dozen meters, she could no longer be seen. Only the rapid pounding of her horse's hooves could be heard. I mounted my own horse and returned to the village at a much slower pace than Anastasia had, ensuring that she would arrive a few minutes before I would. As I came close to the village, I heard a scream and the boom of gunshots, the smell of black powder already thick in the air. Another half-minute brought me to the village edge, where I saw the first body. A soldier cut down by a long blade, having not even had the chance to fire his musket. The castle walls were lit by torchlight, and I could watch as the battle continued. Anastasia leapt from the cool grass of the earth, supernatural strength fueling her jump. She was met with ill-aimed musket fire as she flew through the air, only to land on the top of the wall. She was on the far right side, facing down the barrels of a dozen muskets from the left. She rushed the closest soldier, wrapping her left arm around his body, knocking his musket from his hand. Skill and supernatural strength gave her a prowess that could never be matched by the soldier she held. Even as he struggled, Anastasia positioned him in front of her, shielding herself from the shots aimed towards her body. She held her victim with only her left hand, as she carried a vicious long sword in her right, its blade shining in the torchlight. Anastasia rushed towards her enemies. The presence of one of their own in her arms made their shots nearly impossible. She reached the next soldier along the wall and dispatched him with a swing of her sword, the blade striking him with enough force to send his body backwards, a geyser of blood pouring from his chest. She rushed to the second, and then the third, striking them down with expert precision. Soon enough, she had reached the far left of the wall, having killed every man who stood upon it blood leaking from the battlements in small rivulets, dripping onto the grass below. By my count, there were five soldiers to remain. I could hear their shouting from inside the castle courtyard. Anastasia jumped down inside the wall, 
hurling the man she had held in her arms ahead of her towards the oncoming soldiers. I heard the sickening thud of the body strike the earth on the other side, and then the screams mixed with musket shots as she dispatched the last of them. By now, a crowd had gathered. Half the village, perhaps forty of us, were gathered to watch the battle. Even though we stood in the dark, she had seen us from the wall. Anastasia climbed back to the top of the ramparts, her white robes now stained red. She gave a deep bow in our direction, the same as would a stage performer at the end of a performance. She leapt from the wall in our direction, landing on the earth with a heavy thud and walking towards us. She took the opportunity of an assembled crowd to address us. Fine citizens, she called. You are free now. Your enemies defeated. Know this, that when its people call, the crown protects. She glanced back to the castle behind her. Soon enough, our own soldiers will arrive to occupy this castle and ensure that our enemies will no longer be at liberty to walk amongst your homes. We cheered, and she smiled, speaking for the last time that night. My good citizens, I am afraid that I am still needed. Our enemies do not rest, and our nation is vast. I am again summoned, and I can spend no more time here. I am sorry for that. We cheered her nonetheless, and offered her a warm farewell as she mounted her horse, prepared to march into the night. Even if she did not remember our little village, we would remember her, the knight and priestess that freed us, and allowed the fruits of our harvest to be returned. We would not forget her. This has been... Episode 3 of the Northern Night Story Exchange. This episode was written by your host, Brennan Sorge. If you would like to see your story featured on the Northern Night Story Exchange, please visit our website, northernnightpublishing.com. We would love to read your work, and hopefully find it a place on this podcast or in another publication. Intro music is Haze by Grai. Visit them on bandcamp.com. Outro music is Halves Rupture by Ignea. Visit them on YouTube, Spotify, or their website, ignea.band. Thank you for listening.